0: All right, welcome back to Vernacular Podcast. It's been a while since we've done this, but yeah, I'm sitting here quite, across from my beautiful wife, Sally.
1: Quite the hiatus we took.
0: Yeah, seriously. What's what's happened in this hiatus?
1: Oh, nothing much. Just had a baby. Just having a baby, yeah. yeah.
0: He's doing well. Thanks for asking. We're really excited. We now have three little ones. Two little ones running around and a third one who's going to be running around before we know it. So life is good over here.
1: Yeah, we just have limited free time, hence why this episode is 2 months late. Right.
0: Yeah, but we're <laughs> excited to talk about this this topic. We the last episode we talked about how to be more human for the holidays and the holidays have since wrapped up. Hopefully, you were able to find some ways to be human over the holidays. They were a lot of fun for us. We had some family visits and we went and visited some family, so it was a great success overall, I think. And it was, you know, little Leo's first Christmas, so
1: Yeah, very memorable.
0: But today we're going to talk about 2019 and how to make it even more memorable i'm just kidding but we're going to talk about some ways to have a more human 2019 so we're not going to get overly personal in how we're going to you know we're not going to share new year's resolutions necessarily but we're going to share some things that are on our mind for thinking about how to tackle the year ahead and maybe some of these principles will be applicable to you as well is it applicable or applicable
1: i think either
0: okay cool we'll go with yeah with either
1: Listeners weigh in. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, Sally. So as you think ahead to 2019, what are some things that are on your mind for how to have a more human 2019?
1: Yeah. So if you listen to our, our episode about the holidays, one of the things that we decided to do to be more human during the Christmas and Advent season was to be more hospitable. Right. And to have people over to our house. That was the way that we were um, acting on the hospitality idea. Mm-hmm. And that went well. Uh and I think I'd like to continue that throughout the the year, not every week having people over, sure. but maybe once or twice a month, at least opening up our house and having new people over who are new to town or new to us or just, or friends that we are longtime friends with. And we just want to get to know them even better. So that would be, that would be my first thing is hospitality.
0: Yeah. I think that's really good. Uh, I will join you in that one as well. I'll I'll support the effort. Oh, to good, good.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it we seems, can open up our home together.
0: I think that if I was not married, and maybe if we didn't have kids, I think we'd be much more in ter- in the territory of many people who are, you know, they want to spend time with someone else, and they say, "Oh, let's grab a beer or yeah, let's get coffee yeah. or something." But for us, it's a lot harder to do that because it's so hard to go out to eat with young kids and it's much easier. I mean, it's, it's, it's certainly hard to open up your home anytime you do it, but it's much easier in a sense to do that. And, and you know, your kids can play in your own space and do that. So it's kind of nice that having kids sort of forces us to, to open up our home more for people like that, because it's harder for us to say, let's just grab coffee. Right. You know, I, I can do that during the day or you can get away on a weekend to do that or something, but it's, it's not something we can do together with the kids, at least not very often. Right.
1: Right. Yeah. And even though we've only had three kids outside of my body for two months. Right. I just do not enjoy going out to eat with three kids. (laughs) (laughs) It's really,
0: it's really something. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, More
1: power to those families that feel comfortable doing that, but that is not my favorite thing. Yeah. So hospitality. What about you? That's a good one. Um, I'm going to
0: lead off here with reading books. Reading books is great. And we've talked before on this podcast, we did a whole podcast on why everyone should read more. And I'm taking that to heart. I think that all of our listeners should and reading is fantastic. So I have some things that I want to read this year and I have a lofty goal. I'm not going to be too legalistic about meeting the goal, but I have a lofty goal for the number of books that I want to read by year's end. And that's a big five zero, which I know is your goal as well. So sounds like
1: a nice round number.
0: Yeah, it's a nice round number. And it, you know, when, is, when you say that it averages out to less than a book a week, that sounds very doable. Yeah, it does. <laughs> yeah. So 50 books by the end of the year. Um, and, you know, I just refer listeners to our previous episode on why everyone should read more for why reading is good. But I have found that, you know, there are there are times in my life, and I would say times in my recent life, I'm not too proud to say, where I've just watched a lot more Netflix than I have read books. But I've been reading a lot lately, and I just, I find it so joyful and so much more beneficial for my, uh, I guess you, I guess I could say contemplative life. And I think that reading books encourages us, to think more, and I think it helps us think more critically. And it also is good for our brains to wind down and not have a bunch of blue light from a Netflix or a computer screen before we go to bed. So reading is something that is on my mind. Yeah. It's on my mind.
1: And I think that's a key thing that you said where, um, that it should be joyful I don't think that I'm not going to read 50 books if it's going to break my back over it. You know, if, if, if I get to the middle of the year and that's just not going to happen, then that's fine. I should just be reading because I enjoy it. Right. And if I get all the way to 50, that would be great. Um, I at least want to get to 45 because that's what I did last year. But if I don't even get there, then that's okay. I should just be reading the books that I want to read because I enjoy them, not because of their page numbers or because of the quantity.
0: And we talked about this before on the books podcast episode that we did, but I think it's a good rule of thumb that you heard from somewhere, Sally, and we've been adopting it ever since. I used to have this idea that I had to finish every book that I started or feel very guilty for not doing so. And those were my two options, but you help me realize that you can read 50 pages of a book and realize, you know what, this book's not for me and I'm not going to read it. Or, you know, you could even read 50 pages and then realize, you know, this book is maybe partly for me, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to skim it and see what I can glean from it, but that's it. I'm not going to read this cover to cover. And that's totally fine. There's nothing wrong with doing that. Now, you're probably not going to find that very beneficial for a novel. Like, you don't want to skim a novel and just glean out the parts that you want. But if you're picking up a nonfiction book, then feel free to do that. That's okay. There's no rule that says you have to read the book cover to cover.
1: Right, right. Yeah, no, I think that's a good reminder because I think when you have a numerical goal like that to read 50 books or 100 books or 25 books, you think that, oh, well, I'm wasting time if I don't finish every book. Well, but if you're not enjoying it, what's the point?
0: What's the point? Exactly.
1: Yeah, okay. Well, my second thing that I wanted to bring up was that I'm trying to think of my goals in 2019 in terms of like a pyramid Mm -hmm. that... Or like that idea of putting the big rocks in first. Like a
0: prioritization?
1: Yeah, prioritizing them. So yeah, to me it helps to think of like looking at my week or my day and and putting in almost literally on my calendar like those things that are really important, Mm -hmm. the most important, and then fitting the other stuff around that. So if my, you know, if I don't make it to the gym because I went to church, then that's fine because right. it was more important for me to go to church. Or if I didn't get around to watching Netflix because I was finishing a book that I really wanted to finish, then that's okay. That's good, yeah. So, um, so yeah, just like thinking of my goals that way, not as all equally valuable. Oops, sorry, my shoe just fell off. <laughs>
0: <laughs> How did your shoe fall off? It was off? my slipper. <laughs> oh,
1: okay. Um, but not thinking of all the goals as equally valuable or equally weighted Mm -hmm. i guess but having some with with um that are weighted more heavily than others right and just letting things fall into place that way and not beating myself up if i don't do every single thing that i think is important
0: yeah i think that's good too and especially for someone like you who's very regimented and i think probably some of our listeners will fall into that bucket too someone who who likes scheduling out every part of your day and if you can be honest with yourself about prioritizing those things, then you can be okay with it when some of them fall to the wayside.
1: Right. Cause they will. Right. Because,
0: Cause life is, life gets busy,
1: but so busy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like having three kids. Oh my goodness. There's not enough hours in the day to do everything I want right. to do every day. So I just need to choose and I need to force myself to choose the best things first and then just let everything else fall into place. Yeah.
0: I think that's, that's right. That's good.
1: All right. Do you have another one?
0: I do. So, Sal, you know, you know that I've been thinking about this, but our listeners probably don't. I am in the midst of a career change, and or I should say I'm actively anticipating a career change. Right.
1: You're about to make a career change. Right. <laughs>
0: and the point of this is not to update our listeners on the state of my employment status, but rather to encourage people to think about how they evaluate what they do for a living. Because in this process, this process that still continues for me as I for this career change and figure out what the next step in life is going to be for me. I've been thinking a lot about what I want work to do and how I think about job satisfaction and how important it is for me to have job satisfaction and how much I should prioritize work-life balance or if I should even conceive of things in terms of work-life balance or as we've said it before on the podcast, work-life harmony or work-life synergy, work-life, work-life integration, like these two things should Ideally, sometimes this is unavoidable. I think, but ideally, these two things should be something that are not constantly in tension and battling with each other in a balancing act, like we think of with work-life balance. But rather, complementing each other. So your work should should be something that makes you a better father and husband at home. In my case, obviously, a mother and wife if you're uh, if you're a woman. But so a you know make you better at home, but then also uh, be something that makes you um, not. I guess, something that you can find satisfaction in and that that you won't uh, be glad that you're taking a respite from when you are home, but rather things that sort of complement each other well.
1: Yeah, you don't want to be hating your life at work.
0: Right, and I recognize fully, and I mean, I recognize fully that this is not a common scenario, and I recognize fully that it's not a likely scenario even for me in my next job, but I think that there are going to be steps that I can take in my next job to try to try to inch towards that, you know? I might be stepping into a situation where it really feels like a balancing act between work life and home life. But maybe there are steps that I can take to inch it towards more of the synergistic conception of the the two things.
1: Yeah, and I think one way you're doing that is just by kind of weeding out those jobs that would not promote family.
0: Right. Yeah. So, you know, jobs Travel that are jobs. going to be a lot of time on the road or jobs that will be, um, you know, demanding unceasingly demanding a lot of time on nights and weekends and things like that. I think those jobs pretty clearly reflect reflect organizations that don't share my values. And I think it's pretty easy to discard those. But the nice thing about this whole process is that it has caused me to think a lot about what do I think about jobs and how do I evaluate job uh, job security, job satisfaction? How do I sort of rate all these things in the priority the prioritized listing of what I value in life? Um, so that's, that's what I've been thinking about in 2019. And I think even as I step into a new role that will only become magnified as I try to sort of define the parameters of how I carry out that role in whatever new organization I find myself.
1: Yeah. And I think that's hard because you're not just looking at the price tag you're not looking at just how much money it is right or how much of a step up it is or what does this set me up for career wise you're really trying to think about how that harmonizes with your family obligations and not just obligations but your choice of family life and I think that's that could be helpful to someone else who's also thinking about a career change and trying to evaluate you know, this, this is the family life that I want to have. What kind of job will allow me to have that family life? And it might look different for different people, Mm -hmm. but it's good to be honest with yourself about that. And then to say, well, this job really doesn't do that. It really won't allow me to do that. However fun it might be.
0: Yeah. And beyond the work life centered synergy conversation, I've also thought a lot about how much you need to buy into the actual mission of whatever job you have. Because I think in, in many cases you can just have a job that's a nine to five and you don't, particularly care about the mission but it pays the bills and so that might be something that you just have to do out of necessity and i totally recognize that i think the ideal scenario is and i think most listeners would agree the ideal scenario is one in which you go to work and you're excited every day because you think that you're making the world a better place i realize that's not <laughs> realistic for most people so i think uh, the more realistic scenario is am i working in a place that makes the world a better place i don't have to be super passionate about this every exact single thing day, but yeah. is is what i'm working to achieve doing something good yeah and i think you can come up with a few professions that are not doing good things obviously you know illegal ones like you know drug smuggling and human trafficking obviously those are not doing good things but i think there's really a case to be made for many other jobs in many other industries i mean um you know banking for example i think lots of people look at bankers as as people especially you know wall street investment bankers people who do bad things but um, there are I think good ways to do those sorts of jobs. Um, I don't have an interest in being a Wall Street banker, but I think the the question of whether or not you're doing something good can have a lot more answers than people often give it credit for. Um, but I think it's important to ask those questions and process those.
1: Yeah. And it might just be the specific business in that career field, like a right. law. Like a sp- yeah. There could yeah. be a bad law firm or there for could sure. be a good law firm. Right.
0: Yeah. I think it's not as cut and dry as just like uh, you know, obviously not all investment bankers are doing good things right, and right. maybe, you know, it's very possible that a minority of investment bankers are doing good things.
1: Right, right, Um,
0: I'm, you know, I don't know people, many people in that industry, but I'm speculating that a lot of them are probably driven by the wrong motives and all those things. So maybe a bad example, but, um, we're kind of getting kind of far afield here, but, <laughs> uh, what I'm saying is that, um, this process has caused me to think a lot about, what it is that I'll find myself doing whenever it is that I have a new job and whatever it is, I hope that I can find some level of job satisfaction knowing that I'm trying to make the world a better place. Even if on its face, it's not that I am working for charity water and trying to solve the problem of water scarcity in all areas of the world.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. I think it's it's such a complicated question. It is. All right. So my, I think the last thing on our list um, and my other final larger goal of for how to be more human in 2019 is to, and I'm afraid to put it out into the universe, but what is this? I'm going to go to counseling. Oh yeah. At this least is good. This is great this year. I love this. So we talk a lot about mental health and we talk a lot about counseling and I've actually never been. And I kind of feel like a hypocrite for not doing that. Um, Cause you don't need to have a major life crisis to go to counseling. So I'm going to do that at least once and maybe it'll stick and I'll go more, but, um, yeah, that is what I'm doing and I'm putting it out into the the ether, the universe.
0: I love it. This was actually our new year's day episode in 2018. It was called, that's funny. It was called everyone needs a a therapist. I remember that we talked to Julia Hogan who's a licensed clinical professional counselor, LCPC.
1: Here, I guess I went a year being a hypocrite. So 2019, I'm going to get myself a therapist.
0: So in your defense, Sally, I will say that you were not being a hypocrite. You've acknowledged for a long time that you should see a therapist because it's very healthy to do that and talk through some things that are on your mind and on your heart. But we had a lot of things going on this past year. You were very busy and you're a fantastic mom and you don't make enough time for yourself, but I don't think you can call yourself a hypocrite for not doing that.
1: Sure, but I guess now I want to, Get fully on board with that mantra. Everybody needs a therapist and I can do that too. Even if I'm, you know, I, I don't know what exactly that'll mean for me.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm super excited for you for our listeners. If you want to go listen to that episode, everyone needs a therapist from January 1st of 2018. You should go back and listen to that. Julia Hogan has a lot of good things to say.
1: And since that episode, she's written a book actually. I forget what the title is. But oh, okay, great. Look it up.
0: Um, I'll look it up while we're talking. Yeah. It's
1: about self-care.
0: Um Well, I will say that, and, and I've talked about this on the episode or on the podcast before and Sally obviously knows this, but I've been going to counseling for a while now and I found it to be immensely helpful. So I highly recommend it. Um, even if you don't think your problems are that significant and they may not be, it's still good to just talk through them with someone who can provide you with a, um, an outside perspective and a trained one, a licensed one to help you kind of work through these issues and give you a good toolbox so that you can tackle them with vigor when they, when they show up. So, Highly recommend it. I'm really excited for Sally because I think it'll be really beneficial.
1: All right. Well, that is, we are at time. So that is our episode. Hope that you enjoyed listening to us muse about how to be more human in the new year and let us know what kinds of things you are going to be doing to be more human in 2019. We will be back hopefully in the next two weeks with another episode. Um, but yeah, just be patient with us as we get our feet back underneath us and start this regular podcasting thing again. <laughs>
0: And just to come back on this, uh, the book that Julia Hogan wrote, it's called It's Okay to Start With You. You can find that on Amazon for $14 for the paperback version, so or $13.30 for the Kindle version. So oh, nice. check that out. It's okay to start with you. And we hope that this 2019 for you is off to a roaring start. We look forward to bringing you lots more good quality content on the Vernacular Podcast feed. And if you haven't already checked out our sister podcast, the podcast, you should definitely do that. They're on the Vernacular Podcast Network. Josh and Maureen Goldman are breaking down the best stories in pop culture every week. It's a great, uh, great highlight of my Friday when I get to listen. <laughs> yeah, to that. they're really fun. Listen to that podcast on my drive home from work. So,
1: and if are- you go back a couple episodes, we were actually guests we were show. yeah it's so, a little
0: little dated but if you don't mind talking and thinking about christmas movies in the month of january you should definitely go back and listen to the podcast episode where we talked about christmas movies and ranked them it was one, pretty fun one to ten the best christmas <laughs> movies of all time so that was a lot of fun go check out josh and maureen goldman on the podcast all right I think, is that all we have Sally? yeah all right great well for vernacular podcast i'm zach and i'm sally have a great week